All right, welcome back into the program here on this Friday, heading into a weekend here on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Since it's Friday, it's time to check in with Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Dr. Crane, how are you doing today, sir? Fantastic. How about yourself? Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Coming off of, uh, well, a very sad Super Bowl for me, considering my favorite team and my rooting interest. But uh, I did want to ask you a question with just one last hangover effect from the Super Bowl. And that is we got to see Drake Greenlaw. It maybe suffer one of the more ah, just heartbreaking, I think, injuries. Cruel injuries is the way that I would put it. Trying to run onto the field and end up uh, tearing his Achilles while just simply trying to go back onto the field from the sidelines. And I know we normally associate like an Achilles tear with athletes. How often do the average public or members of the public suffer an Achilles injury like this? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it happens, but it just feels like that this injury gets pigeonholed just into athletes. So is this a common thing off of the athletic uh, field or court? Or is this something that uh, because of what we're seeing just kind of gets stuck mainly with athletes? It's definitely something we see in the, the non-athletic or, or regular non-competitive uh, population as well. And the main thing that we see with Achilles tendon ruptures is that in a majority of cases, it's in the setting of Achilles tendonitis. This is a site that they've already been having pain. They've already been having inflammation. That inflammation's weakening that structure, and it's already not at the tensile strength that it needs to be. It's not at the robustness that it needs to be for even normal activity. I mean, and as he demonstrated for everybody, unfortunately, it can be just walking or running or jogging that, that manages to be the straw that breaks this camel's back and, and cause a full rupture. But a majority of the people who have Achilles tendon injuries will report that their Achilles tendon was painful uh, prior to that. I, you know, I remember, Doc, it's funny, we're going to talk about a couple of things today that I've actually suffered through. So when I was in, I'm going to say, seventh or eighth grade and basketball season was rolling around in junior high, um, I went through a period where I was experiencing some very um, discomforting pain in in the area where my Achilles was attaching to the heel. And I remember going and having it looked at, and I'm I'm trying to think of what the – um, what the actual term was, but basically through me growing at that point, I, there were signs where the Achilles was essentially trying to tear off of that connection point there. And I remember having to sit out a majority of the basketball season to try to let that heal. So um, it just you know, leads me to think that, like you said, if you have some pain back there or anything else, you, there's more than likely something that's going on back there that could potentially lead to something like this. And what you're describing is probably Seaver's disease, which is where the Achilles tendon is attaching on that calcaneal bone right next to a growth plate. And that repetitive pulling of that tendon on that growth plate or near that growth plate causes inflammation or apophysitis in the actual plate itself, which is very painful. It hurt bad. It's a, it's a, and it's an analog to osgood slaughter, which is another very common issue we see in the knee where the patellar tendon pulls on a growth plate on the front of the tibia. And so you get that same kind of apophysitis. And these are painful, and they do take time to calm back down. Until your growth plate closes, you can always have a flare-up of that. Yeah, I, and I, I remember... <laughs> 
massive and they had to be like an inch and a half to two inches thick of these gel inserts I would put in where the heel was in my basketball shoes after I was back out there on the floor. But yeah, that was that was incredibly painful. Um, so yeah, I, I knew that you'd, you'd know exactly what I was talking about. Okay, um, the Olympic trials are going on and we had ourselves a withdrawal. Um, you know a little bit more about this than I do, but uh, we're dealing here with a patella fracture and a patellar tendon tear. Um, I've actually suffered from a patella fracture due to an injury that I had on the trampoline as we were playing slam dunk contest with a an adjustable basketball goal in our trampoline. I think that's an Olympic game as well, actually. <laughs> slam ball. Basically, it's a version of slam ball. And in our neighborhood, oh, yeah, it might as well have been a version of the Olympics. But my the force of it uh, fractured uh, my my uh, my kneecap, my patellar, in uh, three different places. Now mine was non-displaced, and I didn't have to have a procedure that was on it. But I was off of it for a while and couldn't do anything. So let's kind of walk through what some of these look like, and you can explain the injury that we're talking about a little bit further. It really comes down to how that kneecap breaks. And there's lots of different ways that it can happen. And again, if your growth plates are still open, if you're growing it, kind of different forces on the kneecap a little bit. But in general, you can think of the kneecap as a connection between your thigh muscles and your quad and your tibia down below. It's a bone that sits between the two, basically a large sesamoid bone. And if you've injured the bone in a way that those two aren't well connected anymore, then that's a different injury treatment in some people. So imagine the kneecap. If you break it from top to bottom, then you're still connected on the two pieces in the quad and then the bottom and the patellar tendon. And so a, a vertically oriented fracture line, you just immobilize, and a lot of times those do fairly well. The ones you worry about more are the horizontal fractures where you've crossed across the patella. And now you may have, if your quad contracts, no real ability to pull on the patella tendon because that, that fracture has now caused it to basically separate into two different pieces and you've lost that mechanic ability to move the knee. And so when you look at different patellar fractures, they all generally have fairly long recovery times because you need that bone to heal down before you get back to moving your knee. And so you're in an immobilizer for a long time, as I imagine you got to experience too. Uh, and then there's the rehab after where you get your quad muscle back and get the tone back in it. But those those horizontal or transverse ones are ones that often you talk about surgery as an option because holding that together can be very important to make sure your knee still functions well. So in a, in a case where you have an injury like that, and let's say that uh, there are multiple pieces that are separated and you go in there and you try to fix it as much as possible, but is there a scenario where you could potentially have to remove very small portions of, of the kneecap that, uh, and, and what, what does that look like moving forward? Do you get a good result if you have to go in there and maybe remove some fa- uh, uh, fragments? And as not a surgeon, I'd say a little bit guarded on this answer, but in general, the main goal of the surgery is to fixate the kneecap to itself, to okay. line everything up, hold itself together so that that bone can heal. What we don't want is an, an injury that causes those bones to be further apart from each other so that they have trouble bridging that gap and healing. So we're going to internally fixate or fix the patella together. They'll often use wire to do that. In other bones, you'll often see them use screws and things like that. But with the kneecap, they'll generally use wire to hold everything together. 
And now that it's held together, you have to let it heal. That's still a step. You can't just, oh, well, there's a plate there. You're good to go. So you still have to let this bone heal itself back. But you've now closed that gap. And so in general with surgeries, the goal isn't necessarily to remove anything. Even in a comminuted fracture that's got multiple pieces, the goal is to help it heal by having everything lined up well. And then you can rehab after once that bone is really healed back in. Now, if we get to a point where the injury is significant enough where we're talking a patellar tendon tear, um, that is a doozy. That is a that is a really, really bad one. I've known several football players that have suffered through this and had to go through rehab. And them telling me elements of what it, what life was like uh, trying to get that to heal in the moments after sounds like something that I wouldn't want to wish on anyone having to go through rehab on this. Not at all. It's a very sturdy tendon in general. And so if it's had a partial tear, the hope is that if we let it rest, it can scar back down full tears of the patellar tendon, again, you've, you've lost that extensor mechanism at the knee, that ability to straighten the knee or to lift it straight up off the ground because those muscles are no longer attached at that anchor point. And so that is a long recovery. It's not a comfortable recovery. Um, these kinds of injuries we take very serious, and I think especially bringing it back to the Olympic trials, that's why you're going to see a dropout here because that is an injury that even for the Olympics being in the summer, that's not necessarily something that you're going to be guaranteeing your back at an extremely competitive level for. So patellar fracture, patellar tendon tear, these are the sorts of things that are, are long recoveries and, and very uncomfortable. So I was just reading, um, her name is Molly Seidel, uh, the athlete that we're talking about here. She's 29. How much does a factor does age play in this? Like in in most cases, it, I mean, it will. She's still pretty young at 29, but I don't know what the lifespan of, say, someone that is 29 in her particular sport. I, you know, I have a general idea for football and basketball and things like that, and I think we're always pushing the limits. limits but what does a 29-year-old uh, that is facing this, does that mean a longer typical healing time? I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be longer. The problem here is that the Olympics are every four years. And yes. so you're looking at a long gap between you're able to try to get to where you can compete again. And these are trials. I mean, you're just trying to qualify. And that's something that you're going to have to wait and train for years and years to get back to. So these are rough. When you when you get injuries this big that cause you to miss trials, it's it's a long gap before you're looking at trying again in terms of the Olympics. And so I think from that standpoint, I'm not as worried necessarily about her healing or her age being a factor there, but I think that the psychological blow of, of missing something that's every four years, that's, that's just hard pill to swallow. This is Dr. Crane from Tulsa Bone & Joint, uh, tulsaboneandjoint.com. You can go and look at his uh, physician profile there on the website uh, at tulsaboneandjoint.com. Some of the specialties, elbow, foot and ankle, hand, hip, knees, shoulders, sports, medicine, and wrist. Uh, and if you are looking for somewhere to go, uh, you can always call the main office at 392-1400 or, again, the website, tulsaboneandjoint.com. Doc, I hope your Super Bowl party went well. I know we discussed that last week and. uh Everyone uh, came through uh, fine and dandy and didn't suffer from any, I don't know, uh, let's see, bad things after you maybe try to cram too much food down, like some heartburn where you're popping some uh, some anti-acids or whatnot, but I hope the Super Bowl treated you and your family well. 
It was great. The brownies were fantastic. I hope yours was also uh, filled with delicious things to help console you through your uh, through your football experience. It, it was delicious at first, and then uh, the tears after were too salty for me. So that's uh, that's that's where I was at at the end of the night for my Super Bowl party. Doc, we appreciate you. We'll check in again with you next Friday, and uh, can't wait till then, man. Sounds great. See you then. That is Dr. Chris Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170. We are streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. Again, check out the website, TulsaBonaJoint.com, 918-392-1400, and all of the different locations such as Tulsa, Bartlesville, Owasso, Sand Springs, and also the Physical Therapy Center there in Midtown. We'll take a time out, and we'll come back with more next year on the Blitz 1170 as we are streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.